Consumer behavior research is so important because it can give you a basic understanding and it can be instrumental in how you deliver products or services, the kind of products or services you, you come up with, the kind of people you connect to your brand, the kind of values you choose to espouse. You as a researcher, it's up to you to be able to tease out the information that you might make sense of in order to help marketers or organizations make the right decisions. In this episode of Campus on the Common, we'll talk with Emerson College's professor Na Aponsa Dodu about the blend of elements that cover all aspects of consumer behavior. This is Campus on the Common, the podcast of bright ideas from Emerson College's School of Communication. Broadcasting from Boston, Massachusetts, I'm your host, Emerson College alumnus and professor of communication studies, Mark Brody. Dr. Na Aponsa Dodu, welcome to Campus on the Common. Thank you so much. You're an expert in consumer behavior. Why do people study consumer behavior? People study consumer behavior because they want to understand individuals involved in consumer activity. As a researcher of consumer behavior, what are some of the elements you look into in order to have a better understanding? Your goal ultimately will determine how you go about trying to understand consumer behavior. There are so many different ways you can try and understand consumer behavior. So if you have a better definition of what it is that you're trying to achieve, you'll be able to set up a design or set up um, ways through which you can best understand your consumer. So maybe we could set up a scenario with different industries and take a deeper dive to see how they might go about understanding consumer behavior. I'm wondering if we could start with perhaps insurance, something that most people have to pay into. I'm XYZ insurance company. I have a series of insurance related products. I've got a potential market out there. How do I understand what my consumers want? That's a great question. For any um, marketer, especially those in insurance, they could go about trying to understand what their consumers want in a number of ways. First of all, if they have certain products or services they want to offer, they may want to take a look at what the people who actually consume those products or services think about those products or services, what they desire, what they want. So they may try and at the basic level come at it from the motivations of individuals. Why would they even want any insurance? What would drive them to seek a particular insurance company over another company? One of the basic ways they can actually do that is to ask the people they want to reach. They can do that in a number of ways. There are so many research methods that they can employ to actually get an understanding of what their consumers think interviews, focus groups, surveys. So it really depends on the depth and breadth of the information that they want to find out about their consumers. And then they can take any technique that they think they deem instrumental to do that. When they're putting together these sample groups, is there any methodology or is it just sort of, well, these people might buy our product, they might not, let's just bring them in and analyze them? How does it work? So there's a number of ways that they can go about trying to get a representative sample. So really, uh, they would have an idea either through their own data or through secondary data. Uh, They would have an idea about the type of people who would be interested in their products or the type of people who actually use their services. They would try and find as many people that represent the different target 
markets or target segments that they have. So they may try and make it as representative as possible in terms of education, in terms of race, income, and uh, socioeconomic status. So really, uh, in order to try and get people that they think would want their products and services, they need to actually get actual people who may want their products or services in order to ask them questions they may find insightful. Consumer behavior research looks at a variety of different elements, including the emotional side of an individual. But what type of metrics and what type of survey technique is used to get a handle on that? There are a number of ways that consumers may be understood in terms of their emotional responses to products or services. So when you think of trying to understand the emotional components of what consumers think or feel, you may try and get at it from the more traditional methods of using particular questions to try and glean how they feel about products or services. Or you could rely on the more Uh, newer types of trying to get at consumers' emotional responses, which involve neuroscience and psychophysiological responses. And so you can check how people are actually uh, feeling in terms of their uh, responses. Well, no, that makes sense in that from a neurochemical position, there will be a response to a stimuli. And then using a variety of different type of sensors, you can tell what's happening with that particular respondent. That's correct. You can tell what people or how people feel through their brain activity. If they have a strong emotional response to something, you can see definitely a stronger activity in some parts of the brain that's associated with emotional responses versus other parts of the brain. And you can see how people respond if, in terms of physiological responses as well. Would it be safe to assume that they don't wire up people's craniums to get that type of feedback, but that they might have some kind of device they could put on a wrist to measure heart rate, perspiration, things like that? That's correct. There isn't any (laughs) device there attached Mm -hmm. to your brain per se. Uh, But then, yes, there are um, devices, other types of devices that can, you know, get the rate and heart rate or perspiration levels and all of that she just mentioned. I wonder if we could create a scenario where we're getting ready to talk to an insurance executive and she is in charge of deciding where they're going to place their product. She needs to understand what will my consumer behavior be, but she has no idea how to, how to go about consumer behavior research. You show up at the office and you're about to educate her. She knows absolutely nothing. Where do you start? What's the path of knowledge that you would uh, prescribe to her? And then where does it end up? I would start with what it is that you're trying to actually achieve. At the end of the day, every kind of research that you undertake should have an objective. And if you don't know what it is that you're trying to do, you'd be hard-pressed to be able to design uh, research that actually helps you find what you actually want to find. So, for instance, if they wanted to understand whether people will be receptive to a new service and how they would feel about that, then that would be a starting point for me. And I would suggest, okay, if you want to actually find out what people think about this particular service, then you need to ask them. And they can choose to go about it in 
in terms of a linear process or come at it from different angles. So if they choose to go at it from a much more linear process, they can choose to start with just asking a smaller sample of their target market or target audience, whoever it is that they are trying to reach. And we could start with focus groups and get insights from focus groups because it will provide a more nuanced understanding of what it is that people would feel or how they would think about their products or services. And then that could serve as the jumping point to perhaps do a much more large-scale uh, study involving a broader, bigger consumer base. So really, at the end of the day, I'll just say I would want to find out what it is that they want to achieve. For sake of conversation, let's assume that this executive has an insurance product relevant to cars. Mm-hmm. Their, their question is, what do, what do my customers want and how can I take what they want and blend it with what I have to offer? How can I adjust my product to meet market demand? What questions are we going to ask? There's a number of ways you can actually come at this uh, research objective from. So you can start compiling or coming up with actual motivations um, or desires or needs uh, that these consumers have. First of all, you want definitely, more often than not, they may be consuming other products or services. So you'd want to ask their motivations for those kinds of consumptions that they are currently engaged in. And then from there, you would try and see if there's any way you can glean additional information about what it is that's not being offered or what they think it's missing that you can take that and then use that to inform your own shaping or designing of the way you convey what it is that you are trying to offer them. You want to be able to really get to the underlying motivations or discover if there's a particular need that they may not even know of, but you could tease out of them. Let's try to do some research right here. So for all our listeners out there, you're now being subjected to a research study. We will poll you later. Okay. So so here we are. We're at the XYZ Insurance Company, and we've got this wonderful auto insurance policy program that we'd love to launch. We have to have a better understanding of why people would want to buy it, so we've called in you. On your market set, go. I wish it was that easy. Something I do want to point out is that any kind of research you undertake needs to be a well-designed research. And that's really what we're asking right Mm -hmm. now is how do you put together the design? What are the elements that go into a design? And with that, of course, come the questions. And it sounds like understanding the totality, the complexity of (laughs) consumer behavior, it's something to behold in that there are so many different factors that one has to take into consideration. Just the correlations between what do people think? What are their demographics? What are their psychographics? What are their motivations, needs, wants, desires? How do we put this all together in a meaningful way where we're essentially taking data and converting it into information? How do we do that? That's such a great question. You're absolutely right in that the complexity of the totality of consumer behavior is not something we can really truly understand, right? We can attempt to understand consumer behavior, but as you mentioned, there's so much to 
actually take in when you think of what consumers do, how they think about stuff, um, how they feel about stuff, their the influence that can shape their desires, shape their wants, culture, race, background, income, education, all of that actually influences each and every single person and the type of consumer decisions that they undertake. So it takes a lot to try and make sure you come up with research that speaks to what it is that you're trying to do. You need to be able to do a, a good job, but in order to do a good job, you have to know what it is that you're looking for, what it is that you want to find, and what you want to achieve. Okay, in this case, let's say our insurance executive has, as we mentioned, this auto policy, but she knows she's going to be selling to different demographic groups. So there's the 18 to 25-year-old male versus female, because my understanding is male drivers aren't that good compared to female drivers. Then there's the you know 25 to 35, or, or however that breaks down, but you'll mm-hmm. have different age groups, different genders, different mm-hmm. elements like that. Mm-hmm. Would you ask different groups different questions when you get the responses? Are they correlated in a different manner? I mean, using the insurance model, what are some of the factors that we would most likely take a look at that would have some meaningful insight as to how we alter our product to meet market demand? I think that for an insurance company, I don't... I am not sure if there is a delineation in terms of the kind of questions they may ask different groups. They may choose to package the way they convey information about the services or products they offer to different target groups. But in terms of asking particular questions, underlying motivations may be the same for male and female or it may vary for across um, socioeconomic backgrounds, which is why I mentioned that you want to get as representative as possible a group of people that you want to target. So you want to ask questions of the people that you will ultimately try and reach. So if you have substantial number of males and females and older people versus younger people, different races, you'd be able to see patterns or consistencies in terms of how people think. And you can try and figure out if there's any differences when it comes to different groups. So the answer is you can ask different people different questions, or you can ask all of them the same question, depending on your research objective. You can compare groups if you choose to use a more quantitative type of data analysis. Or if you use a more qualitative type of data analysis, you can look for particular themes or uh, consistencies that exist across groups. What are the various components of consumer behavior? The four main domains of consumer behavior are the psychological core, the process of decision-making, consumer culture, and consumer behavior outcomes. When you look at the buyer's journey, typically it's taught as status quo, questioning status quo, committing to change, evaluating alternatives, and then making the decision for purchase. When we look at getting somebody to go from status quo to questioning status quo, using the analogy of do you need to buy a car, could seem like a linear equation. Yes, no. If it's 
yes, well, obviously they're questioning status quo. They've already moved to that next stage. If it's no, then the job becomes getting them to question their status quo. Hmm, perhaps I need a car. Mm-hmm. Finding the, a means by which we can persuade them to have a thinkable thought. Mm-hmm. Hmm, could I use a new car? Hmm, what might that be? Mm-hmm. If I'm a marketer, it's what would elicit that response? What would get them to do that? Talking about miles per gallon and the Corinthian leather, that's further on down the, the trail or the, of the buyer's journey. But at this early stage, it's what can we do to get them to question their status quo? Is this where consumer behavior comes in as a major factor? Absolutely. The thing about consumer behavior is it encompasses a whole range of different activities. So you're not just looking at what the person is thinking about during the status quo, as you put it, or when they start questioning or when they start considering alternatives or when they actually make a decision to buy it. Even having particular values that would drive them to make an actual purchase or to invest in something they wouldn't even have thought of. All of this is consumer behavior. So consumer behavior is important at each and every step or consideration of different kinds of consumer behavior that individuals can engage in is so important regardless of which stage of the journey they are in. When somebody's designing the research behind consumer behavior, that they have to format different questions for different stages, or how does that typically work? It depends on the research objective. <laughs> if you know as a marketer that you are in the stage, you, you have a product developed already, and you want to be able to influence people at a particular stage in their decision-making journey or whatnot, then you would know the kind of questions you ask them, right? I guess to answer your question, yes, depending on what it is that you want to look at or you want to find out, you'd have questions that would help you achieve those objectives. So there's no sense in asking someone uh, what pushes them to uh, engage in pro-social behavior if that's not your goal. Your product or service has nothing to do with pro-social behavior or cause-related um, activities or anything of that sort. Sometimes, consciously or unconsciously, our values, our beliefs, our motivations can influence what we choose to do. So you, as a researcher, it's up to you to be able to use questions to be able to tease out the information that you might make sense of in order to help marketers, organizations, profit or non-profit, make the right decisions. Consumer behavior research is so important because it can give you a basic understanding of your consumer. Just having that basic understanding can be instrumental in how you deliver products or services, the kind of products or services you, you come up with, the kind of people you connect to your brand, the kind of values you choose to espouse. If you have some sort of understanding, you can be in a better position to really deliver what it is that they want, that they need, that they expect of you. Because nowadays, consumer expectations have evolved, right? With the time, there's so much advancement, so much technological advancement this just so much (laughs) and so consumers have a different expectation in this day and age Um, and so if you have a basic understanding of who they are you'd be able to better serve them which is really what brands should do it really is interesting how you can use customer behavioral research to really understand the marketplace the market 
your customers, their motivations, their feelings, you know, essentially all the elements needed in order to connect a customer with a product or service. Mm-hmm. The question now is what ethical obligations do customer behavioral researchers have? I think that consumer behavior researchers should always keep in mind there are some ethical issues to be considered when you're looking at consumer behavior research. For the most part, more often than not, you are dealing with humans. And you need to understand that human beings are important. And so in the kind of research you conduct, you need to conduct it with integrity, starting from designing the research to actually interacting with people, to data collection, to interpreting the data. Every At every stage, there should be some integrity. You want to be able to deal humanely with the people that you are trying to research and you want to be able to make sure that you don't manipulate the data, right? You, you report what exists. You treat people with care. You use it for good, not evil. Try to provide something of value versus yes. looking, looking for information in order to exploit. Yes, exactly. Consumer behavior research is not perfect. It's not the panacea for all marketing-related issues. Yes, keeping that in mind and making sure that wanting to know more about their consumers to ethically provide for them not to take advantage of them i think that's really important so the responsibility lies on both ends for the consumer researcher and then the organization that they are working for when we talk about consumer behavior research could you give us three takeaways that there is value in using consumer research to understand the consumer Thankfully, there are so many different methods, uh, techniques that can be used to understand consumers. And so you should, as a researcher, pick the one that's best for you to be able to achieve the objectives that you have. The second takeaway I would um, provide is that when you're thinking of consumer behavior generally, it's a dynamic process. It's constantly evolving. And so as a researcher, if you want to understand people, you want to keep up with what's happening and you want to keep up with the consumer. So don't fall behind. So the third key takeaway I have, Aristotle said, know thy audience. And consumer behavior research really is about knowing thy audience. And the information that you can get from consumer behavior research is information that marketers can use to connect the buyer with the seller. You've been listening to Campus on the Common. We spoke with Emerson College professor Na Aponte-Dodu about the blend of elements that cover all aspects of consumer behavior. Campus on the Common provides an expert view into the field of media and communication through the lens of academic experts and industry professionals from Emerson and beyond. I'm your host, Mark Brody. Campus on the Common is a production of Emerson College School of Communications. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts.